Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman alongside my tag team partner, Matt Story. And Matt, I almost said that backwards because it's been a very long day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you, you got through it. There you go. And now we're here to preview the Sun Devils and Colorado Buffaloes, not vying for last place, but vying for first place in the Pac-12 South. They're, they were picked to finish fifth and sixth, and now share first place with Utah. The Buffaloes, 3-0 at home for this season, 4-2 overall. They're looking for their first five-win season since 2010. They haven't been 500 since 2007. Matt, it's going to be an uphill battle. It is. It is. Yeah. I mean, and I think uh, we kind of saw this coming over the last few weeks, you know, from from the time we did our season forecast. And and I think we both had this game as, as maybe a midseason sort of layup. Um, you know, they they quickly showed that they're not the same team. They went to Colorado State and won big and and kind of wasn't sure if you could read much into that. But then once they went to Michigan and played well, even though they lost uh, since then, I think, you know, it's kind of changed the, the feel and. Also throw in the fact that, that this ASU team hasn't been nearly the same on the road as it's been at home so far this season. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a challenge. And then, and then of course, the additional fact that they might be playing a, a true freshman quarterback who started the year four string. Yeah, both teams are dealing with quarterback issues. For Colorado, senior Cepho Lufau has been out, and Steven Montez, the redshirt freshman, has been playing and playing well. This mm-hmm. week, a little controversy. Lou Fowl went to the media, maybe lobbying to get his job back, and said that he's 100%. Coach Mike McIntyre quickly chimed in and said, no, he's not, and that they were going to stick with Montez until Lou Fowl's 100% healthy. This feels a little bit like the sort of thing you say when you just don't want to replace your quarterback officially. Yeah, it's interesting because Lou Fowl's been so good for them. And, and you know, I mean, in spite of, of their struggles as a team, he's been pretty good. Um, you know, again, considering that he hasn't had much around him um, and started off this year well. And, you know, really the turning point in the Michigan game was him getting injured. But, yeah, I mean, Montez has played well. Uh, he, he led the win over Oregon. He led the big win over Oregon State the next week um, and played most of the game. Lufau played, uh, I think, a couple series last week, which was surprising to me that they, they found him healthy enough to play some but not all, I guess. Um so I don't know where they stand, obviously, but but uh, you know they're they're I guess in the position of having two guys who've shown they can play well, and right now ASU for this week at least may not have any. Yeah, it's not uh, the best. Brady White goes out and wins his first career start, but won't be under center again this season. That foot injury, according to reports, keeps him out for ten to twelve months, which is yeah rough, massive. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, obviously, you know. You and I stood there and watched that play, and the first conversation we had was, you know, you got to find out quickly, is this something he can come back from this game next week? Well, we found out it was a whole lot worse than that. So, um, uh, yeah, yeah, tough break. And then you throw in that, you know, we've kind of taken it for granted in some ways, but Bryce Perkins out for the year too. So now you're down to, to one quarterback who was here last year when you had three initially. Yeah, and now it's either Manny Wilkins, who, despite what he told us on the field after the game, didn't seem close to being ready, still wearing a walking boot against UCLA. Right. And if he can't go, it's Dylan Sterling Cole, whose two career snaps behind center were a handoff and an interception so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's not the ideal resume to have. Um, but I'll tell you my thought, and I don't know if you disagree or not, but... 
my, you know, my thought is you got to look at the big picture this week and realize you got six games left. It's not, it's not a one game season. And because you don't have that reliable backup, it'd be different if Brady White was going to be back in a couple of weeks, but he's out. Perkins is out. I think the smart move here is to play Dylan Sterling Cole and take your chances I, I, because an, a re-injury to Manny Wilkins could hurt you for four or five games. And I think you just maybe, you know, bite the bullet in this game and hope you can pull something out. I mean, you certainly don't go in with the notion that you're going to lose. Um, but you go with the kid and, and you see what he could do. And, and uh, if he doesn't get it done, hopefully you have Manny back for Washington State. I agree. I mean, we're 5-1. and one. ASU's ranked 24th now in one poll. Look, you still have to get bowl eligible. And I know when, you know when we had three wins, we were joking about it. But it's yeah. true. You, they're not there yet. you got to win one more, and it doesn't have to be this game. There are other right, winnable exactly. games on the schedule. Now, that being exactly. said, that being said, you know, Dylan Sterling Cole, there's a reason why he's on the roster. There's a reason why Graham's raving about him. I know Graham has a tendency to think everybody we have is the best player. Sure. Um, but you know, he's still a good player and if he can go, then let's go, you know? Oh, I agree. I, I think you, you let him run the offense as he's comfortable. You know, do you have to pare it down a little bit? Probably so. Um, but you know, as we, we talked about it a little bit, you know, in the aftermath of the UCLA game and the, and the differing thoughts we had on what you do with him when he came in and, uh, you know, obviously your thought proved, I think, to be correct in the short term. Of it probably would have been smarter to just run the ball a couple of times, kick that field goal, and take a six-point lead. Uh, but my thought was jumping ahead to this scenario of, you know, and I, and I was thinking also of a potential game-winning drive um, in that game if you needed one. But you, you know, you got to build confidence in this kid um, because he's the quarterback now, and and so you can't baby him along. You can't run it 90% of the time, you're going to get beat that way. Um, you have to be smart. I wouldn't go out and call 50 pass plays, but, you know, I, I think you have to give him the offense and let him go. Well, I was going to say, I, would, I agree with you that, you know, you've brought him along, you trust him enough to let him throw the ball in that UCLA game down in the red zone. I, you know, and I would say you would expect that we would run the ball a lot because running's been our strength and Dylan Stern Cole seems to be a runner. But I said that going into the UCLA game, and they just let Brady White throw and throw and throw. <clears throat> they did, yeah. Now, of course, as you as you mentioned, you know, I think Sterling Cole more of an athlete type um, than Brady White is, and so maybe you'll see more of that. Um, you know, and I, I think uh, obviously they saw something in UCLA, and I, some of it was was probably proven right in that UCLA's you know, did a pretty good job against our run game. Now, we didn't stay as committed to it as I might have liked, but but they did shut down the uh, the Sparky package, did not work really at all in that game. Um, you know, ne- we never really got the play out of it that we wanted. and We you know, turned it over once almost another time. Um, and so, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, they did what they had to do in that game. But, um, it, you know, this is – this is a different scenario, different game, and, and I think you have to you have to go heavier on the run. But again, I think you know you have to be careful of of making this kid so scared that he's not able to make a play. You have to turn it loose, and you have to say you're you're the guy. Build him up, and even if behind the scenes you're a little scared, I think you got to present confidence in him so that he has it. Well, and I think what you tell him is, all right. Well, in your career now, you're zero for one with an interception. So. <laughs> 
what's the worst that happens? Throw the ball, exactly. make plays. Exactly. And hey, we, we counted on you, you know, to to uh, to finish the game against UCLA. And uh, look, did he finish? Did he was he the reason that we ended up winning? Absolutely not. But you know, coaches have a way of of mentally spinning things. And if you could build him up to say, hey, we threw you out there with the game on the line, and you did. You, you delivered the win again. Is it spin? Absolutely, but but he did. Um, so you know you got to just try to build up the confidence. That's the biggest thing. It, I mean, it's it's tough. It's much easier said than done to take a, a kid who wasn't even supposed to be playing this year uh, and now take him on the road against a pretty good team. A team that was just in the top twenty-five last week. Uh, but that's the the lot we've been handed, and you just have to you have to deal with it. On the flip side, the defense is going to have their hands full. The Buffaloes are averaging over 500 yards of total offense and over 38 points per game. Last year, Shea Fields, their wide receiver, torched the Devils for 103 yards. Already this season, he's got 25 catches for 492 yards and five touchdowns in the first six games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're a, they're a high-powered offense. You know, Absolutely, they're a high-powered offense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Michigan has has you know shut down everybody they play. Now they haven't really played a, a tremendously tough schedule yet of good offenses, but they've looked like a dominant defense. And Colorado went in there and, and had some success against them. Um, so yeah, this is a, this is a good offense that uh, has has you know it's taken a long time for this Colorado team to develop. You know, and it's it's tested the patience of a lot of people, I'm sure, around there. Uh, but they finally look like they've they've got an identity, um, and it goes beyond you know being the doormat of the conference. Well, and on the flip side for the Sun Devils, you're you're hoping Kareem Moore can be healthy after injuring his leg trying to block a kick against UCLA, uh, and Perry's been out of practice. Hopefully, he can come back. Paul mm-hmm, mm-hmm. seems like a revelation at safety. Um, yeah. If nothing else, because he's a sure tackler, and it's nice to have one back there. Needed that, yeah. I mean, we we still had problems with that last week, but he certainly helped. And yeah, I mean, some of the adjustments that were made uh, certainly seemed to pay off. And uh, you know, you you got some improved play again. The the big thing I came out of the UCLA game thinking was that it just seemed like our scheme was sounder than it's been, and and that I think will go a long ways. Um, you know, we still have personnel issues that aren't going to get fixed but if we can just have guys in the right spots that's going to you know make it easier to keep a team under 40 points which you know seemed like a big ask for for the first you know five games this season I think that's going to be absolutely critical the one thing I was thinking about that's going to help ASU playing at altitude what's Zane's Gonzalez's range going to be this week 70 yards 75 well yeah <laughs> i mean you you'd like his chances um, you know to and, and again with the with an offense that might be a little bit more conservative than normal and and uh, you know i mean if you if you could get it inside the 40 you might feel pretty good about that now again your your defense has to do its part to have field goals matter you know we had we had that problem against USC we we had a couple good field goal drives we gave up two touchdown drives. We found ourselves in a hole, even though the game had been pretty even. We just hadn't finished the drives, and they did. Um, and then, of course, they blew it open after that. But, uh, you know, your, your D has to play well, uh, kind of like what they did against San Antonio, keep us in the game, and then the field goals might become more and more important. I mean, it's a big ask for this defense. Now, everybody seems to be back on the Gump Hayes bandwagon 
after after a very good outing against UCLA. After he was benched in the USC game, he was benched to start the UCLA yeah. game. When Orr got hurt, he had to come back in, and immediately he was making tackles. It was like a different guy out there. Yeah, he did play well. Yeah, yeah, and then he had the interception. Um, which was uh, a little bit harder of a play to make than the two he made against Tech, which were basically thrown right to him. This one, this one, he had to to be in the right spot and cover the guy to make the play. Um, now it did come against uh, a backup quarterback, so he, you know, his his interceptions still have a little bit of an asterisk on them, but uh, somehow, some way, I believe he's tied for the conference lead in interceptions. Shows you that stat may not be the, the most relevant thing going, but uh, you know he's he uh, he certainly had his best game against UCLA. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, and and the defense as a whole did. Uh, that was the best they've looked, and and uh, you know you just have to hope it it continues in that fashion. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, you do. I think that you know the one thing that's becoming more and more clear is you you were on this early. But Christian Sam's injury is going to be season long. And we're going to keep saying every week, oh, you know, he might play. He's getting better. And then we're going to keep hearing or we're going to keep reading Doug Haller's, you know, practice recap where it's like, well, it looks uh-huh. to me like Christian Sam's just standing on the sideline still. Right. He's not doing anything. Yeah. I mean, I hate to be right about that. I didn't want to be right. But, yeah, it it, uh, it just had that feel. And I, I don't know necessarily know why, but just the air of mystery that kind of surrounded what his injury even is. Um, now you and I both noticed that, you know, he was in full uniform for the, for the game against UCLA, which, you know, can be, I guess, a little mind game type of thing. But at the same time, I mean, is there really that much benefit in putting him in full uniform if he's not going to play? So maybe there is hope that he can get back. Uh, obviously it hasn't happened yet. I don't think it's going to happen this week. Um, I don't know. You know, as we've said many, many times when it comes to injuries and Todd Graham, what you think you know, you don't know. Uh, you know, you just you just have to wait until they're back out there playing, whatever that is. Well, and he's another guy along the same lines as Manny Wilkins. If he's close, if he could play this week at 75% but risk re-injury or come back next week at 90% and mm-hmm. not risk re-injury, look, just wait. You know? Yeah, agreed, agreed. I mean, let's, let's just call it what it is. This might be a game that we don't win even at full strength. Manny Wilkins could play. And, and, you know, Manny hasn't been the same quarterback on the road that he's been at home. Um, the defense certainly has not been, uh, you know, very impactful. Now, it, it wasn't great at home the first couple of weeks either, but it hasn't had the same life to it. So, you know, and, and Colorado's good. I mean, this is not the same Colorado pushover that we've seen ever since they've joined the conference where you play them and you think, boy, as long as we show up and don't don't screw it up, we'll win. That's not the case. So... Uh, all that said, I mean, you could you could lose this game with max effort. So I, I think you you have to be smart. And yet, you know, I'm certainly not saying we should just rest guys and you know treat it as a bye week. But if guys are injured, there's no need to push them. Well, this is you and I talked about this before informally, but this is sort of the Greg Popovich Spurs game where you just. You know, you you play the guys who are healthy. You do what you can. You you know, and you trust the system. And you say, yeah. look, we we have a system, and there's a reason you all are on the team. We think you're good enough to be on scholarship. We think you're good enough to play. Here's your chance. Put something on right. film. Maybe earn a starting job. Right. I mean, it's one of those games, especially with Sterling Cole and probably other spots where, you know, you you need a little voodoo 
on these guys' mindsets, you know, in order to kind of say, and, and again, I don't, I don't want to sit here and talk like Colorado is, is, you know, 2008 Florida. They're not, but they are much improved. Um, and so I, I think, you know, you just, you got to get these guys buy-in that they can play over their heads. And it starts with quarterback, most importantly, that, you know, hey, even though all logic says you're going to be in trouble, we believe in you. Go out there and prove them wrong. And, and it's happened. You know, that does happen in sports where a guy just plays over his skis for a game or two or three. And, and maybe that'll be the case this week. Yeah. And there's a, you know, there's a powerful thing in no one believes in you. No one thinks you sure. can do this. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, and again, like I said, we're not, we're not, we're not facing a, a dominant juggernaut here, but we're also not facing Colorado, you know, I mean, the, the notion of Colorado since they've joined the conference has just been, oh, well, this should be your easy week. This is your this is your bye week, but you have to still put pads on and you can just go through the motions and win. We've done that a couple times against them, um, but that's not going to be the case this week and, and probably not anymore, at least for the foreseeable future, because they they seem to finally have a, a program that's that's built to compete. Yeah, it's one of those things. It turns out if you don't fire your coach after two seasons and you give him time to build something, he might actually build something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they uh, have gone through the, the you know, the dumps. Um, boy, you know, you talk about last year being disappointing for us, and it was. But, man, you, you realize, you know, how we probably shouldn't complain about a 1-6-6 six and six season when you look at what Colorado's gone through, a program that, you know, 25 years ago was, was a co-national champion and, and and for the last what eight nine seasons they've been awful, uh, just just really really bad. They've sunk to a low you would not have ever expected they could. However, this week looks good for them. I think. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. He finally got them out of it. I think. You know. Give credit to McIntyre for finally you know figuring out a way to get them back from the depths. As far as game picks go. I'm not confident because I think the combination of a good Colorado team and the fact that I think Graham's going to protect the injured players one more mm-hmm. week mm-hmm. and set up for the final stretch means that it's going to be Colorado on the you know Colorado at home taking care of the Sun Devils. I'm going to say 38-27. I think Zane just keeps adding to his field goal total. Um, and I think the offense does okay. Maybe the defense or special teams gets them in a position to take a lead. But this feels to me more like one of the games where if we're going to try an onside's kick after, you know, to open a half or if we're going to try to fake a punt or have the quarterback drop back and then actually throw, bring it out this game. Yeah, no, agreed. Agreed. I mean, uh, you know, my, my score is pretty similar. And I guess I'm encouraged by the fact that, you know, the two times I've, I've picked ASU to get beat pretty convincingly because I just didn't feel like the combination of, of our offense and our defense could win the game for us. We've won. So hopefully that'll keep up. Uh, but it's the same issue I have this week. Just, you know, you look at, you look at this offense with a, uh, a quarterback who's never started before, who has one career pass attempt. Um, it's hard to see them scoring enough points against a, a, a good offense. Again, like we said, and, you know, so I'm going to, I was going to go, uh, I was going to go 35, 17, I just don't know that we have the firepower to keep up. Yeah, and I think, you know, against this offense, if ASU's defense can hold them to 35, 38 points, that's a good day. It might be, yeah, yeah. I mean, it it does have the feel of a game 
that could get kind of ugly, you know, because if you get behind and you have to start throwing more and, and, you know, look, kids, a true freshman for a reason, he's going to probably make throws that, that a more veteran quarterback wouldn't make. He's going to, you know, he's, we've heard how strong of an army has, and that's great. But the one downside with kids who have strong arms is they think they can make every throw in the book and they have to learn over time that they can. The only way they learn it is by making throws and having interceptions and, and making mistakes. And then you, then you figure out, I can't make that throw. I might've been able to make it in high school. I can't make it in college. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, it does have the feel of one of those that if we fall behind early and we start having to play catch up, you know, it could get out of hand. Absolutely. It, it's definitely one of those times where you hope that the running game can sort of get established and, and almost like what the Packers did against the Giants without their two top corners. If somehow we can take the air out of the ball and make the game slower. <laughs> so, yeah, that's exactly the, the term I was going to use was, you know, slow the game down a little. I know we like to play at tempo, but, but do some of those times where maybe you get to the line quick. And then you take 20 seconds off the clock and you run the ball. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the longer drives we can have, and it's, you know, it's a game where I think you kind of got to start it that way. Uh, you know, certainly it's not a game of this caliber, but it reminds me of kind of what the Broncos did to the Patriots last year in the AFC title game. They did it to the Panthers, too. It was like get out to a, a little early lead and then just sort of, you know, extend the game slowly slowly and and you know you you keep the ball and all of a sudden it's the second quarter and maybe you're still up and then maybe the favorite team starts to get a little nervous why aren't we leading what's going on and you know you just take it from there i think that kind of has to be the recipe i agree the rest of the college football landscape is a little interesting just a couple games to touch on alabama at tennessee a top 10 matchup you know this, yeah this is yeah. the test for tennessee it is, and they, of course, you know, they, they lost last week, which was a, a tough one. They, they made a, a heck of a rally once again. Looked like they were going to pull out another unlikely win, but, but came up short in double OT. And, uh, you know, but, but if they win this game, then they're still in the driver's seat in the East, and, and they'd be, you know, they'd, they'd still have a, a chance at a playoff berth, obviously. If they win this and go on to win the SEC, they'd have a great argument. Um, so they're not out of anything, but boy, the you know the defensive injuries just have piled up on them, and you wonder if they have the the, the guns to keep up with Alabama, whose offense has has pretty quickly looked pretty good. Um, I mean, you know, from early in the year, maybe they were a little sluggish on offense, even though they scored fifty two against USC. They they weren't a, a an offense that looked in rhythm, and then those couple games after that. But, boy, the last couple of weeks they've certainly taken off on offense and, and they seem to have found an identity with Jalen Hurts and, and Damian Harris as the lead back. And, uh, you know, you know how good their defense is. So it's, it's a tough game to fall behind, you know, three scores like Tennessee's been doing and come back. Yeah, I mean, the Volunteers are at home. It, you know, Rocky Top is not an easy place to play, but... It's not, and, and that's a huge rivalry, and they'll be fired up. And, you know, they did beat Florida there. Obviously, that was a big win for them. And, you know, so, it, yeah, it comes, it comes down to, I think, you know, how much does home field matter? Can they, can they ride the emotion, and can they phase a, a true freshman quarterback who hasn't looked easily phased? I mean, he's gone into Ole Miss and won, and he's gone into Arkansas and won. This is, you know, another test. So far, he's been passing them, though. And the two schools you just mentioned, Ole Miss and Arkansas, are playing each other. 
you know, but that game an hour after kickoff is ASU and also Ohio State Wisconsin. Right. So yeah, it's yeah, safe to say that an interesting game. I was gonna say it's safe to say though that by the time that Ole Miss Arkansas game starts, I'll be focusing elsewhere. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, Ohio State Wisconsin is is an interesting one. Obviously, uh, Ohio State's looked pretty tough to beat so far, and Wisconsin's got that really good defense, but an offense that you know doesn't doesn't really look very high powered. Um, uh, you know, so that'll be an interesting test for Ohio State. They went to Oklahoma and won. This will be another a tough road test for a young team, see how they respond. I mean, numbers are skewed because they beat uh, Rutgers so badly. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That was Michigan. Right. Was that Ohio State? That was Ohio State. Well, Ohio State did too the week before, 58-0. Yeah. Michigan yeah. was 78-0. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. numbers went yeah. – my point is when you play Rutgers, your numbers get skewed. Ohio, yes, they do. <laughs> Ohio State is averaging 50, over 50 points a game to Wisconsin's 26. And that 26 <laughs> is, yeah. you know, Wisconsin has played their cupcakes. They're still only averaging 26. Right, right. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, it's, it's a game where, you know, they need to follow that same kind of formula. And they have the defense to do it. You know, if they could get out to a lead – and and then make Ohio State make some mistakes with a with a young team, uh, you know, a, a good veteran quarterback who's got a lot of experience, but a lot of young guys around him that haven't been in games like this. So if they can, you know, if they can get out to a, a seven three lead after the first quarter or something like that, just just try to put the pressure on and see if Ohio State can respond the way you know they normally do. I mean, that's what champions do. But you know, again, a lot of new faces, so. You know, that's got to be the hope for them is make them, make them work in the second half and maybe they don't answer the bell. There's a lot of fun action. It all culminates with the Sun Devils taking on the Buffaloes. Until uh, the recap of that game, he's mad. I'm-